Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. This year, the entire year, um, this is something all of us need. We need renewal constantly. Here's the good news. The good news is that when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you're being renewed every single day. Okay, that's, that's really good news. And sometimes we forget about that, that that's actually occurring inside of disciples. All right, except me and you, what we do really well is we can suppress that. Right? We, can, we can do our best to kind of like, no, I'm, I'm going to resist that. All right? And you're going, well, man, can you resist the Holy Spirit? Yeah, you can resist the Holy Spirit. It happened a number of times. All right? That's what I feel like I'm good at, and I feel like we're good at that just as people. And so a lot of what we talk about isn't so much like, hey, here's three things to do, and then you'll be renewed. A lot of it is us learning how to get out of God's way. Right. How do I get out of his way so he can be doing what he's doing already? Right. How, how can we do that? So we're talking a lot about this. Um, Patrick preached last week on repentance, and that's going to be one of those words for this entire year. This is these two things are so like together. These two things are so like joined. Right. This idea of being renewed and repentance. Right. This this renewal, this giving fresh life to something, reviving something, all right, is so intertwined with this idea of repentance. And, and Patrick did a great job from what I hear. Uh, my son told me he, he did better than me. So <laughs> that's great. Huh? Um, and so, you know, that always makes uh, dad feel good. But, uh, but anyway, uh, I'm sure he did. Uh, but uh, what we talked about was in Romans 12, verse 2, and it's this idea of changing our mind. Repentance isn't um, doing enough good things to get past what we did wrong, okay? And, and see, different groups will describe this differently, okay? But almost every group has some kind of, like, idea of, uh, kind of a false idea that when you do something bad, right, like non-Jesus-like, then you need to do some good things to make up for it, all right? And that's kind of like permeated into Christianity. And, and you may go, no, 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 that's not me. All right. Ex- except you do experience that. Right. You do experience this when you have kind of fallen short and you feel guilty. But then you feel really good about yourself when you're having like a great day. OK. And so these we're going to keep going back and forth with these words. Um, and, and, and here's the, the, the kind of the key verse we're working out of is in Romans chapter 12 in verse 2. That's going to be kind of our key verse that we're just going to keep churning out as we go through this. Um, So again, when we talk about repentance, we're not talking about, hey, do something to get yourself out of the doghouse, okay? I don't know. Do people do that anymore? When I I was a kid, it was like you were in the doghouse. Maybe that's like old and archaic and 80s. I don't know. Um, but, uh, But you know, if you did something wrong, somebody put you in the doghouse, you felt like, man, I need to start doing some things. If you've ever felt that way before, that's a painful place to be. 
I'm really grateful that God doesn't have a doghouse he puts us in. And he's not going, hey, you want to know what? Come here. Uh, until you start getting it on straight, man, you're going to stay in that doghouse. All right. But when we talk about repentance, it's this idea of how can I think more like Jesus? There, there's a way I think that's not like Jesus. Okay. And that's almost, I'm not kidding you, almost everything I do does not naturally come in terms of like Jesus. Okay. And now I don't know where, where you stand on this, but almost everything, this is a battle because in my mind, my mind has to constantly be conforming itself to Jesus, All right? And, and remember, our goal isn't just to follow Jesus and imitate his behaviors. One of the coolest things about being a disciple of Jesus isn't that we're just following this guy and trying to mimic and imitate. It's him in us. All right, that, that's, we've, got to, we've got to understand that idea. Is it's Jesus in us, actually, through his Holy Spirit. And if we miss that point, here, here's what's really tough about that. If we miss that, Christianity becomes stale and boring, and it's just these things like I'm never good enough, and I'm always falling short, and all the, instead of going, hold on a minute, there, Jesus is in me. And I want to restore, I want that communion to be so tight. I don't want it to be interrupted by anything. Okay. So just keeping this in mind as we move into our lesson today, before we go further though, I do want us to take some time to pray. And again, as we do, um, oftentimes is I'd like for you where you are just to pray, just silently pray, because um, there may be a conversation that you need to have with Jesus. Okay, and it does, you don't need me telling you what you need to be talking to Jesus about. You may have something you need to say and talk about and ask for. And maybe it's just, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I don't like this. I feel guilty. I feel, it's just this idea of, help me hear your voice. Right? Not mine, right? Not my words, not my presentation, not anything like that, okay? Because all of that is going to fall short. What we want to hear is, Jesus, what are your words? Like, what are you telling us? So take some time right now, and we're just going to take a little bit of time. Just pray on your own, and then we'll continue on. Okie dokie. So let's see what we got here. This is it. This is, this is that core passage. Um, hopefully, th this is what I would encourage for you, okay, is pick, like, What's your favorite verse in the Bible about renewal? All right. Not because I'm not, I'm not going to quiz you on it. Okay. You're not going to be put on the spot or anything like that. But here's the deal. We, I, I just want us this entire year, just this running through our mind constantly. All right. We're going to be in Romans 12 too for a while. Romans 12 too is going to be our, our roadmap to a lot of really great things. Okay. And, and all Paul writes here is don't conform to the pattern of this world. Boy, you could do about a year's worth of sermons and lessons and Bible studies just on that. All right. This idea of uh, one of our greatest desires. Now, let's just, you know what's very easy to do sometimes? It's very easy to look outside these doors and go, man, they're so messed up out there. <laughs> right. That, the world is so messed up. Man, you know what? All they do wrong. And, and we can just sit in here kind of like on our, on our holy high horses and all this kind of stuff. But here's really the danger it's this idea of the church desperately wants to conform itself to the world. Okay, that, that's our thing. 
is that that's when you look at just the history of Christianity, right? Is the church desperately wanting to be accepted by the world and be conformed to the world, okay? And so we're going to dig into that. He says, don't conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed, all right? To be transformed. You go, well, I don't want to be transformed. I like who I am, all right? Now, keep in mind what this isn't saying, all right? What this isn't saying is, is that your personality should change, right? This isn't saying some kind of like external thing. The transformation, again, is to be in the likeness of Jesus. I hope that's something where you're going, that's what I want. I hope that's how you feel. And you may not. But the more we learn who Jesus is, not just doing what he did, but learning like, how would Jesus be like when I'm in the supermarket, when I'm at Starbucks, when I'm at school, when I'm at my classes, if Jesus were like, well, how can I be exactly like him? Like not just his actions, but the way he thinks, right? Like, like I want to know what he's thinking about. I want to think that way. I want to be transformed away from just messed up, selfish Keith. That's, that's my default. It's just selfish. Like what I normally think, and it may be something you normally think as well. It's just, what about me? And how is this affecting me? And am I getting my order right? And is this happening? And we're so consumed with us instead of going, I want to be transformed to where I just am, am consumed with thinking and feeling and living out the way Jesus would do it in, in everyday life, right? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. So again, there's that repentance, that renewal of how we think and what we think about. Then you'll be able to test and approve what's got, what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You ever ask yourself that? Man, is this God's will in my life? Man, I wonder what God's will is in my life. I wonder what it is. And, and we want so desperately for him to like send it to us in a text message or something. Right? It's just tell me what your will is. He said, I will. You'll know it. It's, this is the renovation process. Don't conform to the world. Don't, don't do it. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay? So here's the thing. This is what I, this is, this is my prayer. This is what, what I'm asking for, okay? But also for all of us to dig into, right? Is this renew me how? Renew me in this manner right here to have a teachable heart, okay? I want you to think about that for a second. Because here's the deal. You don't naturally just become more and more mature, passionate, uh, zealous, just by like doing the usual things. Generally, over time, we slow down in most things, but definitely spiritually. Okay. This right here, when when I look at myself and I'm thinking, okay, what do I really want God to renew in me, to revive, to give me freshness in? Is this idea of a teachable heart. All right, now, now think about that for a second. Would you categorize yourself that? Would, if Jesus were to sit down, what, would he go, like, man, Stephen? You, you're sitting in the wrong spot, Stephen. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> so, Stephen, you know, if Stephen were to, do I have a teachable heart? You know, well, what kind of conversation would Jesus have with me about this? All right, let's dig into this a little bit. But really, we're just laser focused on this idea of, of renewing me a teachable heart, right? This is a great verse. 
This one right here is awesome. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. And usually this is the one every... Jesus is saying, all of you take my yoke and learn from me because I'm gentle and, and humble in heart. And then uh, you'll find rest for yourselves, right? Almost always like, I love that verse. Don't, don't you? Could you use some rest for your soul? Wouldn't you love to just, for life to be not that heavy? Do you ever feel that way where it's just like you feel like you're carrying the weight of the world? And then the, these passages jump out at us and we're like, I love this. Because Jesus is gentle and humble. And he said, you'll find rest for yourselves, okay? Except we sometimes forget that top part up there. Right? There's this assumption, this implication. Take my yoke, right, and learn from me. All right, there's this idea of, oh, hold on a minute. Jesus wants me to be teachable. He wants me to be a learner. In fact, all right, oftentimes we, we use the word disciple, right? The disciple, you know, if you're a disciple of Jesus, all right, and, and over time that word is just kind of morphed into, we just say Christian, okay? But, but the biblical term was a disciple, a follower of Jesus, and that word actually means student. That's it. All right. It doesn't have any necessarily like huge, like religious overtones in its wording. It simply means that. That's why this is so important, because isn't it easy? I, I don't know. Like I said, how many of you? I don't know the years in the faith everybody is here. OK, but isn't it easy as you've done something for a while to feel like I got this? <laughs> I got this. Right. OK. Yeah, I don't need this anymore. Right. This is why this is important, because we're going, hold on a minute. I really want rest for my soul, <laughs> okay? I really want that at times. I can wrap myself around the axle, and I've got to remember, here's what I need. I need to have a teachable heart. I need to learn from Jesus here, right? Matt Keller says, teachability, right here, is your desire to learn multiplied by your willingness to change, Okay, there, there's this question that Jesus asked that always kind of rings in my ears. His question is, do you want to get well? Okay, a lot of times we go to church and we want him to magically change us. Or we kind of like how things are going. I just want him to forgive me so I can keep doing this. And this question that Jesus asked, do you want to get well, is so important when we're talking about this, is do I really want do, do, I, do I really want to get what well, do I really want to listen and learn? Okay, um, because sometimes it's easy, especially in a campus town, you may be a student that just likes to learn. All right. And gain information and facts and all these things. And really, when we talk about teachability, that's not what we want. We're not talking about facts. Okay. And, and, and now hear this. Like you, you do here, we've talked about this plenty. Living in America in the 21st century requires me and you to know certain facts in order to understand the context of the Bible. You hear me say it often. We need to know people, places, and times. All right, like that's so important. But sometimes it's really easy to think that's teachability. Like I know all of these facts. And I know when the king, I can tell you the king's in order. And I know where Judah is and Israel. And, and we know all of these things and the judges and understand something. The facts aren't what we're talking about when it comes to teachability. All right. We're talking about being teachable 
in becoming like Jesus, all right, in this communion with him in our lives, okay? So there's kind of like these four umbrellas of teachability we have here, and, and, and that's not showing up super well, but I'll read it to you anyway. So you have the first one, which is kind of this big umbrella of like, are, am I teachable from God? All right. Well, how would I know? Well, a, a couple things is how's your relationship with your Bible? All right. If you're like, well, I, I learned it when I was like five years old in Kids Kingdom. I'm great. I've heard all the stories, right? No, 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 no. Is, so there's this. This is the most important one. If, if I'm not and you're not, if we're not teachable to God, again, through his word, by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so that's really, really, really important here. Okay, it's not just like some kind of ethereal thing like, oh, I'm just teachable to God, right? It's this idea of, no, he actually gives us his what he wants and who he is right there in his word. And he says, I'm going to help you with my Holy Spirit. So am I teachable? Let me ask you a couple of questions about that. Like this week, what have you learned that you've put into practice that maybe you were thinking differently about last week? What have you learned in your Bible? And you thought, wow, you know what? I, I don't think about this in the right way. I need to think differently and go and live accordingly. All right. What did that look like this week? What did that look like this week? And again, you want to know what? Every time you read the Bible, it's not going to be like, oh man, there's this brand new, like amazing revelation. But here's, here's what I've learned is I can go back and read sections. Like right now I'm in Exodus and I can go back and read and I'm going, you know what's amazing? I hadn't perfected it the last time I read it. It's amazing. Like I can grow in areas. Then I go back and I'm going, wow, the, these, the, Egypt, or the uh, Israelites are coming out of Egypt and they're complaining. And, and I'm going, you know, it's so easy to kind of look down on the Israelites, right? And then I'm going, whoa, man, my thinking needs to change here. All right. I didn't read it once and got it perfect. Okay. And so it's this idea of, do I have anything going on in my life? If it's not, that's where we've got to, that's the beginning right there. Okay, because we don't want to get backwards here where we're looking to people, right? That's a dangerous place to be, right? If I'm just looking to people to feed me, like their opinions and all these kind of things. What's another umbrella of teachability is experience. Am, am I learning from what's going on around me? All right. I, I don't know. Everybody here this week, you've had plenty of experiences in the last seven days. All right. And, and again, uh, we're not trying to learn. We're not being teachable just in general. We are being teachable through the lens of Jesus. All right. And so I guarantee you there are some things that you think are not related that are absolutely related to your spiritual life that happened this week. All right. And this is part of being teachable. It's just like, oh, man, am I do I have an ear to hear this to know? Right. Like so some of you guys know this. Like last week I did a 24 hour like overnight this military ruck thing. OK. And and I failed at 15th hour. OK. I mean, it, I, I hypothermia. All right. Now, here's the thing about that. You learn a lot about your spiritual life when you have hypothermia. Okay, I'm telling you, it wasn't just an experience to me. I'm looking back and going, wow, there are so many principles here of, of diligence and focus and, 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 and 
pushing myself harder than I've ever had to be pushed before and thinking, oh, you know what, do I do that spiritually? Like, am I, am I like not to earn or not to like get God's just favor through my work, but it's this idea of, man, am I as serious about this? Because I push myself physically, right? And so it's this idea of there's experiences. Have you learned anything this week from what you've experienced? And again, not from all the time, not always victory, right? I mean, it's super, I, I was super disappointed at three in the morning last week, sitting in front of a stove trying to warm up, <laughs> okay? Super disappointed. But you want to know what? I, I firmly believe, man, in all of these things, God is teaching us how to follow him, how to be like him, like he's teaching us about ourselves. So do I understand that? Like, do I, am I teachable like in my experiences? And then there's this idea of, am I teachable to others, okay? And I put this down there, like generally, when I say others, I just mean, this one's a little bit easier because, for instance, I'll give you an example. Like, a lot of you guys listen to, like, um, Tim Mackey's podcast or the Bema podcast or, you know, Exploring My Strange Bible or something like that. And sometimes it's much easier to be taught kind of by somebody that doesn't know me and I don't know them. Or like maybe it's a, an author or a blog or something like that. It's somebody that, that has like they're, they're, you're teachable to, except they're not, they don't know you and you don't know them. Okay, that's a little easier. But then there's umbre- this umbrella of teachability that the Bible talks about of am I teachable with those brothers and sisters who know me and I know them? Okay, now we're getting very vulnerable at this point, okay? Because here's the deal is I can listen to Tim Mackey's podcast. You're like, wow, man, I am so... And, and I can hear the same thing from a brother and get offended because he knows me. Like, I don't, I don't take anything personally from Tim Mackey, Marty Solomon. I don't take anything personally from them. But it gets... So there's these umbrellas here. We can't get them reversed though. Right? Does that make sense? Like, we cannot start from the bottom and look for people to do this. So let's take a look at some of these things. First of all, uh, there's this idea of, am I hungry for instruction? All right. That, that may be one of the things that you stop right here and go, this is what I'm praying for, is, is, <laughs> is stir my hunger for instruction. All right. Part of our deal with the 21-day fast um, in, re- in even reclaiming our time is that we find that we fill our lives full of like a lot of technological junk food, right? It, nothing wrong with social media, nothing wrong with Netflix, nothing wrong with, listen, all that's okay, but when you fill up on it, you lose your hunger for God and a hunger for instruction from Him, right? Proverbs 9, uh, Proverbs is an interesting book. Um, so it's, it's attributed to Solomon, to King Solomon wrote a lot of the Proverbs, and they're like these little snippets. A lot of people love Proverbs because they'll be kind of like these little snippets of, of truth, okay? Um, and here's the one thing I always caution, though. Whenever you're reading Proverbs, whenever I'm reading Proverbs, is to know that these sayings, they're not 100% true all the time, okay? So what do I mean by that? There's a proverb, um, you know, a, 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 um, Huh? Oh, that's a good one right there. Yeah. Train up a child in the way he should go, and in the end, he will not depart from it. And we used to say, man, if you just train your kids to love God, they'll never leave them. 
Go, no, there's this general principle though, right? It's train your children this way. Okay, and so anyway, I say all that because sometimes we can take it a little too far. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be yet wiser. All right, so this is going to like test us just a tad bit. Have I taken any instruction this week? Okay, and remember our umbrellas here. Right? Is there any, been any instruction? But he says, if you give instruction to a wise man, teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. All right, this is a good thing. All right, being hungry for instruction. So it's this idea of not even just passive, but am I actually going out there and like, let me look, let me be in my Bible, being instructed by God. Let me sit down and study the Bible with people to be instructed by God. All right. So Matthew 28, 18, this is the big one, right? I mean, this is like, this is the great commission. You have the great commandment, right? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But then there's the great commission, Jesus sending his church out. And go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Do you start to see this idea here that Jesus' expectation is that we would be a community that we teach one another? Okay, that's his expectation. It isn't worldly. It's not this idea of you're dumb and I'm smart, so let me teach you. All right. But it's this idea of there's this there's this idea of not just me being a teacher, but me being a learner and me being a student and it going back and forth and and depending on experience and all of those things depends on, right, who's teaching and who's like listening and, and being instructed and all these things. So, so again, if I'm not hungry for instruction, it's going to be really difficult to really follow Jesus. It's going to be really tough, right? Because, because Jesus is speaking at this one level here where he's going, no, I expect the people to follow me to be like students, to like want instruction. To not get offended if somebody says something that bothers them, but, they, but to be learning and hungry to be like him. So this may be the thing. You may go right here, stop, boom. This is what I need to, to, to work on right here. I, I need help, like just getting this going here of having this humble attitude to, to wanting to be instructed. All right. So here's, this is the thing to beware of, though. It, it's 2 Timothy 3 talks about, you know, in the last days, people will be all kinds of ways, right? People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, selfish, all these things, okay? And one of the descriptions that he uses is that people will always be learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Right? Do, do you hear that warning from Paul here? It's going, hey, pump your brakes, Okay. Because you may just, if you're just like, no, okay, I'm in it for instruction. Because here's the interesting thing, is there's a lot of people in the world that have read the Bible cover to cover. And are like, whatever. Read the words. You can't, this can be this idea of I just want to learn. You know, what, what's the symptom of this, okay? Is this idea of, Okay, I'm going to become a bad guy here probably. But here's the thing. I have a quiet time journal, okay? I like using my quiet time journal. I like writing things down, okay? I use different colors at different times and all those kind of things, okay? 
Now, here's the, the thing, though, okay, is that quiet time journals have almost become like, like artwork. Like, unless I'm drawing like a Picasso. And, 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 and what I'm saying is, is it's like we can be so fired up about, you know, in, 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 in kind of our Christian land of like sending it out on Instagram and putting it on Pinterest and look at how beautiful this is. And you draw these colors, this beautiful flower. And look at this verse right in here. It's awesome. But if somebody were to go, what did that look like in your life today? What did that look like in your life today? It's okay to color. It's okay to draw. It's okay to express yourself in creativity. You, might, you guys are thinking, man, sure, Keith, go ahead and bang on the artistic folks because you're not. That's true, okay? I barely can draw a stick figure. But the truth of the matter is, is all of us need to be asking ourselves that question is, what does this look like in your life? Okay? lived out. But sometimes even in our Christian culture, we can kind of just have this idea of where we're learning, but we're not coming to a knowledge of the truth, which is lived out Christianity, right? Okay, who's good at this? (laughs) There's not a soul in here. None of us. There's not a soul in that room over there. There's not a soul in the campus, in my neighborhood. And we go, you want to know what? This is me. I nailed this one. Humble and correction. So good at this. Man, you want to know what? If there's something we can all lock arms and go, man, yeah, kumbaya, we're together on this one. This is it right here, right? But this is so important. All right. Here's, the, here's one of the things um, that... Uh, they were, the, the cadre were teaching us last week, okay, as, as they were just torturing us with different things. And the guy said, if you want to get better, sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do, okay? And now my point here isn't to go, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't want to do that, but I guess you got to do it to get through it, okay? But the point is, is when we start things, oftentimes, we're like, I hate this. Like, this is hard, okay? And, and it's too easy to kind of give up on it. And what I'm saying is, is, yeah, you want to know what? This is one of those things where you got to put your head down and go, okay, let's get this thing right here. All right, let's be humble in correction. If we're going to renew this, you know, as I was writing, you know, and drawing my pictures in my quiet time journal and everything, I was like, this is what I want to be renewed. I need to be more humble in correction. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. All right? And all the teenagers said, Amen. Right? They go, yeah, that's us right there. Whoever lo- But one who, this word is in the Bible. That I know there's some parents that are going, you don't ever say stupid. It's in the Bible. Okay? Now, now <laughs> look at, oh, look at Lillian's getting told on. Okay, it's all right. It's okay. But here's the deal is, is God can say it. Okay, let's leave it at that. No, but, but, but here's the thing. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. Okay, would you ever say... <laughs> I'm going, would I, could I imagine, I'm going, Keith, you're stupid. <laughs> right? All right, now, now here's the deal. You go, man, this, see, the problem with Christianity is you just feel bad about yourself. Right? I mean, it's just about like looking at all these bad things, making yourself feel bad. And, and you know, I don't know, so I'm not humble, but I'm not, but, but here's the interesting thing, and you only get it if you do it, Okay is there's something life-giving about just being able to be honest with who you are and know that God is transforming us into something else. There just is something freeing about that. I don't feel, 
I don't feel mopey. Going, man, Keith, you want to know you're still, you know, now, it's not a joke, but I'm not moping around because I'm going, look, at, here's the deal. All right. Is God will change this. He's renewing this. Okay. And so, man, there's just something about that. To me, there's nothing worse in my life than when I'm like pretending I'm like fantastic and awesome. Kind of like Lucas talking about looking in the mirror. Right. I, I'm with, I don't look in the mirror often and go, man, I love what I see looking back at me. That, you know, but. But the thing is, 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 you know, you, you look at this and you're going, man, um, we can look into the mirror here and go, all right, it, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. But one who hates correction is stupid. Whew, boy. Go, man, how do we do this? Like, like, how do we, like, really get the ball rolling on this? Okay, it, it can't just be like the dude in church that's been here the longest is the one that has to tell everybody what to do. and uh, It can't be that way. But in 2 Timothy 3, all right, we're, well, how can I get good at this? Well, right here, all Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be equipped for every good work. Okay, now... Here's the interesting thing about this. I don't know what your relationship is with the Old Testament. That's what this actually means right here, okay? Because the, the New Testament hadn't been like brought into like existence at this time. He's saying all scripture is God breathed and it's useful. All right. Now, if you're going, you mean the New Testament's not? No, no, it is. But but I gotta trip some of you guys up sometimes because sometimes you get so caught up in that part of it, okay? But the Bible, the God's word is useful for correcting. All right. So when was the last time? Okay. And this is where you want to talk about close relationships. All right. Is when you have a relationship that you can correct and be corrected with the word of God. All right. That, that right there. And I know some people are going, no, no, no. See, this is why I don't get all into church because I don't need people in my business that way. But here's the deal, all right? There is nothing that binds a relationship together more than the trust and the safety and the humility of to be able to go, hey, I can be corrected and I can correct you with the word of God, all right? And so if you're going, man, I, I don't, I've never had that before. I don't, I don't know what that would be. Then that should change, all right? If we're going to be renewed, if we're going to be renewed to have a teachable heart, there's got to be this side of it going, man, do I love correction? Now, understand what I'm saying. There's some of you in here that you just think I gave you like carte blanche to just go hog wild on people. Like, oh, I've been waiting for this. I got 25 verses. I'm going to lay on people right after he's done preaching. No, 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 no. Stop. Pump the brakes, okay? Is We're talking about becoming, becoming teachable, uh, but just let's look at a couple. Before you stop listening, okay, let's look at a couple more verses here. We don't use that word very, folly. I mean, just foolishness, right? Beware of foolishness, okay? A fool doesn't delight in understanding, but only wants to show off his opinions. All right? God, man, I want to renew. God, renew me in me a teachable heart. All right? And so here's what I'm hearing, right? 
Uh, am I hungry for instruction? Am I humble in correction? Am I being aware of, of foolishness? Doesn't this sound like a lot of conversations that are going on today? This sounds so much. A, a fool doesn't delight in understanding. Right? You, you name the issue. Right? Politics, race, you know, economy. Man, you go down the list. Would you describe like what's normal in our society, in our churches? Would you say it was normal for people to delight in understanding? We have to be aware of foolishness here. It says only a, a fool just wants to show off his opinions. All right, if I'm going to be renewed in my teachability, I've got to like check this. Like, man, is this just about Keith and my opinions and what I think? Or do I even stop for a second to listen and have any kind of understanding about the people I'm around? Beware of this. He says, you know, Paul writes to Timothy, he says, preach the word, be prepared, in season, out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Okay, I think we probably all understand what that means. Right? Is Have you ever just wanted to go find somebody that was going to tell you what you wanted to hear? Okay, This may be one of, like, this is those little, like, nuggets of foolishness that will shipwreck faith. Because when we're not teachable and our teachability is waning and we're not really like living out this idea of a disciple as a student, right? If we're not hungry and humble, then what we end up doing is going, man, you want to know what? I don't like what that dude said. And and I got 15. Here, this is one of the saddest things to me is, is like when people have really been listening or talking or a part of a group or something like that and they'll say well I'm making this decision and I want you to know there's 15 people telling me that I'm doing the right thing you're the only one telling me it's not okay and and that's the that's the itching ears argument is we start going if I can get enough people telling me what I want to hear then it negates the one or two people telling me what I don't want to hear all right. Except that's the complete opposite of how God kind of worked through with the prophets, right? Like if people want to kill the prophets. All right. So sometimes that one is the one that's telling us, but here's the deal. We've got to be cautious about this, okay? And again, I don't know where you stand on these things, but this is very like common in Christianity, right? Let me go find some, just where you're going to tell me what I want to hear. So here's the things. These are three just succinct things that I'm praying for. Okay. And, and again, yours may be different. This is for, when I'm when I'm digging into this and going, okay, renew in me a teachable heart. All right. I'm thinking, well, here, here's the deal. Renew in me a humble heart. Right. A meek heart. You know, the, the unoffended heart. The the. I'm not the greatest guy in the world heart. The I don't know everything heart. And it's okay. All right. Isaiah 66, 2, if you want to put that down, is, is he writes, this is who I find favor. God is saying, this is who I find favor with. Right. Those who are humble, contrite in spirit, 
and tremble at my word. Okay, I'm going that. So I need these kind of verses to just lock me in on what I'm talking about here, okay? Is I'm praying to be intentional about this, all right? Not going, oh, okay, that was cool. Uh, I'll visit this again next week. In, in Daniel 1, 8, Daniel resolved not to eat the king's food, okay? There was some food that was given to him when he was taken into captivity. He said, I can't eat it. I'm making a resolution, like I'm putting my foot down right now. I'm being intentional with the way I'm living my life by making some decisions. And then also, here's the thing, uh, uh, be aware. All right, Matthew 7, 5, uh, be aware, right, of the plank in your eye. 